the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, formerly Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Put your hands together once again for the Lord. James chapter 5, verse 17 and 18 is what we've been considering for some time now. And we will look at it for some time and we will pause and come back to it. Elias. Somebody say Elias. Who oh, say it well? Elias. Elias. Uh-huh. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. I like it when the Bible says he was a man. He was not an angel. Sometimes people want you to act like you are superhuman. You are a man. Somebody say I'm a man. Say I'm a man. Yeah, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. Every feeling you get, Elias had some. Are you with me here? Every challenge you have ever faced, the man faced some. As a man, he faced some. One time he called down fire, and everybody said, Hey, this one is a supernatural being. 24 hours later, one tiny woman by the name of Jezebel. She just made an invitation to him. <laughs> and the man was running. Have you ever run before? Have you ever felt afraid before? Have you ever felt incapable before? Have you contemplated suicide before? You are a better man than Elias. If your mood swings and changes have not brought you to the point of contemplating suicide, you are better off than Elias. But the Bible says, Elias, with all his challenges, there was something he did. He prayed. You see, what separates men from men is their prayer life. What will make you a different person? You can be called by the same name like all your other siblings. But what will separate you from your other siblings is your prayer life. Your prayer life. It can make a lot of difference. Prayer is what separates the men from the men. Elias was a man, but he was no ordinary man in his generation. He had extraordinary results. He accomplished great feats for God. And the reason why he did that, he knew how to come into partnership with God. That's what prayer is. Prayer is agreeing with God to take on impossible tasks that you, by your human self, could not accomplish. But with God, all things become cheap possibilities. Things that have been impossible for you from January to date, as we switch on the frequency of prayer, and you remain in the frequency of prayer. I see impossibilities give way for you. They are becoming cheap possibilities for you. Shout a better amen. The Bible said he prayed. An ordinary man prayed. And the heavens were suspended. The Bible said he prayed. That there should be no rain for three and six months. Three years, six months. And there was no rain. 
From today, when you cry out, whatever you call for shall appear. That's the essence of this teaching. This teaching is not just meant to just make a prayer warrior out of you, to make an effective prayer warrior out of you. That's what it's designed for. It's supposed to make a prayer warrior out of you, but an effective one for that matter. The Bible said, then he prayed again. Somebody say, prayed again. He prayed again. A lot of people know how to pray once and never to pray again. Tonight, I want to encourage you to pray again. Somebody say, pray again. He prayed and he prayed again. Again and again, again. Prayer is not effective until it becomes habitual. Somebody say prayer. Prayer. It's not effective until it becomes habitual. Prayer is not effective. Praying occasionally will not get you the results prayer delivers to you. So we've been exploring. The Bible says in Romans chapter 15 verse 4. It says for whatsoever things were written aforetime. Somebody say whatever was written aforetime. A four times simply means whatever was written earlier was written for our learning that we through comfort and patience of the scriptures might find hope. So we are exploring from scripture some of the things that were written concerning prayer a four times. And we are walking through the Bible. And I've told you that we will try as much as possible to touch a number of them, but I am not able to walk you through every prayer prayed in the Bible. And so we started last week from uh, the prayer of Eliezer. Somebody say Eliezer. Eliezer was a servant, the chief servant of the man Abraham. And Abraham sent him to go look for a wife for his son who was his heir to his uh, dynasty. And then the man went and he prayed a specific prayer. Out of his prayer, we drew some lessons. Somebody say lessons. We drew some lessons. We established the fact that prayer is for everyone. Servants can pray. Masters can pray. Prayer is for everyone. The Bible said the Lord is near unto all. Somebody say all. all. Say all. all. Psalm 145. The Lord is near unto all that call upon him. Not some. All that call on him. If the intellectual calls on him, the Lord responds. If the illiterate calls, the Lord responds. The Lord is near unto all them that call upon him. Smith Wigglesworth was a stark illiterate. But when he called upon God, he accomplished great feats in his generation. Number two, we say selflessness and pure motives are critical in obtaining answers to prayer. These are lessons we are just picking randomly. God is very eager and willing to answer prayer. Specificity in prayer is key in obtaining answers to prayer. And then we said that personal relationship with God cannot be developed or grow without a lifestyle of prayer. Somebody say, until I develop. Somebody say, until I develop a lifestyle of prayer, I cannot grow richer in my relationship with God. I realize that in life, almost everybody wants to grow rich. One of the areas people don't consciously make efforts to grow rich is in their relationship with God. (laughs) Jesus told the rich fool, he said, you are a fool because you are rich in material goods, but you are not rich towards God. There is riches towards God. It's measured in, by the quality of your prayer life. That's how it's measured. When it's riches towards this world, it's just by the size of your bank account, your, your stocks, your investments. That's what defines the quantum of your riches, your estates. 
your property, those things define the quality of your wealth in the natural. But when it comes to your spiritual wealth, we are looking at the depth of revelation you can access from the scriptures. Your knowledge of God's word, how much time you give to God in fellowship, in prayer, that's what defines the wealth of your, the, the wealth of your spiritual life. Tonight, we are looking at two people together because I think their prayer are similar. One from Genesis, one from Chronicles. We are looking at the prayer of Jacob and Jabez. Somebody say Jacob and Jabez. Say Jacob and Jabez. Uh-huh. So we are looking at lessons from the prayer life of the JJs. First Chronicles 4 verse 9. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez saying because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying oh that you will bless me indeed and enlarge my territory that your hand will be with me that you will keep me from evil that I may not cause pain so God granted him what he requested God did what? He will grant you also He will grant you also shout a better amen the New Living Translation said there was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. Jabez simply means pain. He was the one who prayed to God of Israel, oh, that you bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. Praise the Lord. Come with me to Genesis, 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 Genesis chapter 32. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go until you are, unless you are. Now, now these two guys were, were greedy for blessing. How many of you are greedy for blessing? It's great to be greedy for blessing. Are you with me here? It's good to be greedy for blessing. Yeah. Blessing is a very, very powerful thing. Because blessing makes you a channel through which others, he said, I will bless thee. You know the first thing God did for man when he created man? The Lord blessed man. God has never cursed anybody. I don't know why people have got this theology of cursing from. God blessed them. God blessed them. He said, those who curse you, I will curse them. Because the blessing inherent within the blessing is protection for the blessing's sake. But today, those who curse us, we curse them. <laughs> no wonder nothing is happening. Because your mouth was not designed for that. He said, with the same mouth, we bless God. And with the same mouth, curse we man who was made after the similitude of God. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Well, you see, I'll be teaching about the use, the, 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 the correct use of your mouth. The qualitative view. Because most of us, we don't get the, the things we say with our mouth because we have not trained our mouth to speak well. But he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And God also touched him and visited him. These two guys experienced life-transforming encounter with God in prayer. They came out changed and transformed. That's what prayer does. You see, one of the important great effects of prayer is not what prayer brings to you. It's what prayer does in you. 
I said prayer, one of the greatest effects of prayer is what it does what? In you. The things prayer does in you are more important than the things prayer produces around you. Yeah. Prayer changes you from within. And as we will begin to say it, Jabez was born out of a very bad circumstance. And look at this. If a man could change something he did not initiate, something he didn't pray for, something that was not his making by prayer, he should tell you about the uncommon power in prayer. He was not there when the mother was making that decision. But when he encountered God in prayer, decisions that were made before he was born, he was able to alter them. That's what prayer does. Prayer changes circumstances and shapes destinies. We'll be drawing a number of lessons, about seven of them tonight, from these two guys. But we want to read Jacob's context. In what context did Jacob make that declaration? Now, at this time, Jacob had gone. You know Jacob? The name Jacob means supplanter or a deceiver. Somebody that is a trickster. That was how Jacob was known. But was it his real identity? Later on, we come to realize that he was living under a false identity. And there was no other place where his real identity could be known except through the altar of prayer. This man had an encounter. How do I know Jacob was praying? In fact, the Bible said he rested with man. And when the day broke, he said, I've seen God face to face. And my life has been preserved. Look at that. So Jacob had outsmarted his brother, taking the birthright and taking the blessing. And then at almost everywhere the man went, he was grabbing things. When he was born, he took hold of his brother's heel and held it until they appeared. Telling him that you, I will chase you as long as I believe. <laughs> Praise Lord. And he did that. He did that. One time his brother came home very hungry. He said, brother, I'm hungry. Can you get me something to eat? He said, this is the day I've been looking for. You. <laughs> Sell me this day. Your birthright. The guy couldn't think smart. He said, I'm hungry. I'm dying of food. What is birthright? Give me food, y'all. So he gave him food. And he took over. Later on, when the blessing was due, you remember what he did? He and his mother connived. And then put on some wounds uh, 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 this on his body. The father felt him. He said, ah, the voice is like that of Jacob. But the feeling of the body is like that of Esau. He said, it's me, Jacob. I'm here again for it. Then the father blessed him. He carried it. Esau came and wept like a baby. And that day, Esau said, Jacob, anywhere I meet you, consider yourself dead. So the father said, no, Jacob, you are the carrier of the blessing. Because you are the carrier of the blessing. What? You have received the birthright. Now you are the carrier of the blessing. So the family inheritance is with you. So if you are dead, my lineage is gone for good. So let me tell you, move out of this place before your brother comes after you. So he left. And when he left, the same spirit followed him. He went to Laban's house and met one who was uh, stronger than he. Laban outsmarted him, changed his wages ten times. And then, one day, <laughs> he also got him. He said, Laban, <laughs> all these years that you have cheated me, changed my wages, and then made me serve longer than I needed to serve for your two daughters. I want you to know that they come not the carry last. Jacob will not be cheated at all. So, the Bible says God gave him a supernatural idea 
And by the time Laban could say Jack, everything he had, he had taken over. And, you know, when a man loses his inheritance, his eyes will be red. So he was not looking and living well with Jacob like he used to. So he said, ah, told his wife one night, uh, I think your father is not thinking very well of me now. <laughs> the way I look at your father, if I don't take care, the same way my brother was looking for me, he will do something to me. So let us go. Then pack all of them. He will not even allow the daughters to tell their father, Daddy, we are going with our husband. He just smuggled them away. And then in the night, they set on moving. Moving where? Moving back to his father's land. And in that land, that's where his brother Esau is waiting for him. Now, <laughs> Jacob was in a place. He was between the rock and the high place or something. So there was no place a man could turn. He couldn't go back because Laban is after him. And Laban really outran him. In fact, just a night before Laban got to where he was, because Laban had been running with horses, God appeared to Laban and said, listen, Jacob is a carrier of the blessing. Touch him not. You see, when that's why you have to be consciousness of the blessing rather than every other thing that is coming against you. I always tell people, be more conscious of what is for you than what is against you. How many times haven't I used this illustration? If you are going to war with Togo, Togo, yeah, Togo, eh, Togo. <laughs> we just have a war with Togo. Just Togo here. Even if, now, now, as it is, even if we decide that we will take Togo on without any backing, I think Ghana is stronger. <laughs> I think Ghana is stronger. Now, imagine that we have the power of the U.S. force behind us. All right? Air force is behind us. The Marines are behind us. And no, 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 it will be too much. And we are conscious. Yeah, Togo, Togo will destroy us. Can you imagine the paradox of it? You have this strong backup, strong army, giant global army behind you. And you are running away from Togo. In fact, Togo will be laughing at you. And there are a lot of believers who are being laughed at by demons. Things that should fear you, you are running away from them. The Bible says, little children, you are of God and have overcome the world. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Can somebody say an amen? There's something in here that makes you more powerful than anything that is coming from out there. That's what the Bible says in Isaiah. It says, say ye not a confederacy to all whom these people shall say a confederacy to. Neither fear ye their fear. He said, associate yourselves and you shall be broken in pieces. Speak the word, it shall not stand. Take counsel, it shall come to naught. for God is with us. He said, it is he who created the blacksmith to destroy. He created the waster to destroy. He said, I have declared no weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you, you shall condemn it. Am I communicating here at all? You see, when you don't know what you have, you run away from anything. So the consciousness of what you have in Christ is so, so, so important. Don't just know it. Be conscious of it. Amen? Yeah. You are wearing a black shoe. Nobody can make you doubt you are wearing a red shoe. If your shoe is black and you know you are wearing a black shoe, nobody can make you doubt you are wearing it. Because you know it and you know it too well. You know it beyond the shadow of doubt. But most of us are not quite certain. 
We are not sure whether what God said is true or not. But the Bible says, let every man be a liar and let God be true. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Had he said it and shall he not do it? Had he spoken it and shall he not make it come to pass? Somebody say an amen. amen. Alright, so this man was on his way about to encounter. What happened? On his way, he hears that his brother is coming after him. How is he coming? He's coming with 400 men. Now mind you, this man is going back to his land and he's going with his wives and their mates and their children and a few of their servants. Then on his way, he hears that his brother is coming. Let's start from chapter 32 verse 1. Chapter 32 verse 1. I need to run you through that. Okay, maybe we can start from verse number 18. 18. Then they say, it is to present to my Lord Esau. And behold, he also he's also behind us. Okay, let's start from verse 12. I think verse 12 is fine. 10 or 12. This, he's going, he's told his brother is coming. I'm not worthy of the least of all your mercies and of your truth, which you have shown me. For I have crossed over the Jordan with my staff, and now I've become two companies. Verse 11. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of who? From the hand of who? My brother. From the hand of Israel, for I fear him. Lest he come and attack me and the mother with their children. Look at verse 12. For you said, I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the son of the seashore. As the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. Now listen, this is not the time. They didn't have the Bible we have, but this man was conscious of what God had said. That's prayer. Praise God. That's prayer. He said, for you said. This man was not moving by himself. God told him, get back to your country. And I'm going to be with you. I said, for you said, this is what you have spoken. And because of what you have spoken, I'm afraid. But I trust what you have spoken. I'm afraid. But I trust what you have spoken. Go to verse 13. So he lodged there that same night and took what came to his hand as a present for Esau, his brother. So this is what he's going. He's going to meet his brother. And because he heard he's coming with a large uh, retinue of people against him, he decides that he's going to present gifts to the brother and make peace with him. 200 female goats and 20 male goats, 200 uh, ewes and 20 rams for 15. 30, okay, let's go to 16 on this list. Then he delivered them to the hand of his servants, every drove by itself and said to his servant, pass over me before them and put some distance between us. And he commanded the first one saying, when he saw my brother meet you and ask you to say, to whom do you belong? And where are you going? Where are these in front of you? Verse 18. Then you will say, they are your servant Jacobs. It is a present to my Lord Esau. And behold, he also is behind us. Verse 19. And also say, behold, your servant is behind us. For he said, I will appease him with the present that goes before me. And afterward, I will see his face. Perhaps he will accept me. Now look at that. So the present went over before him, but but he himself lord that night in the camp. 22. And he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons, and crossed over the ford of Jabok. 23. He took them, sent them over the ford. Verse 24. Then Jacob was left what? Jacob was left. Jacob was left. 
and the man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Later on, we realize that that man was a theophany. A theophany in theology means God appearing in human form. That's what a theophany is. When God appears in a human form, we describe it as theophany. When he said, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Verse 26. And he said, Let me go for the day breaker. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Verse 27. He said, What is your name? He said, Jacob. That's where the issue is. The challenge is in your name. A lot of confusion has happened in your life. And it's all because your name, your name, your name, your name. May God change any wrong name, any wrong label on your life tonight. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. You will prevail. I said you will prevail. Somebody say, I have prevailed. Say, I have prevailed. Jacob needed to rest and to pray and to prevail. You have prevailed already in Christ. Somebody shout, I have prevailed. Now he said, then Jacob asked him, saying, tell me your name, I pray thee. He said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. Why? For I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. My life is what? my life is what now this is jacob he has an encounter with god and he comes out of that encounter confident this was a man who was very afraid before but now he says without even meeting his brother without thinking about the entourage his brother is coming from he's speaking boldly by faith my life is present he that too he was concerned he may lose his life but now after encounter with God in prayer, he's confident and so sure that his life is preserved. Somebody shout, my life is preserved. Now, there are seven lessons I want us to take from here. Number one, there is destiny changing, destiny shaping power in prayer. Somebody say destiny changing. Say destiny changing. Destiny changing. Destiny of nations have been changed through prayer. Destiny of families have been changed. Destinies of individuals have been changed and shaped through prayer. Jabez was destined for sorrow the rest of his life. But in prayer, that destiny was changed. Jacob's name was supposed to be a snare for his life the rest of his life. But in prayer, that destiny changed. I don't care the label human beings are placed on you. But if you can come to God and hold on to the horns of the altar in prayer and hold on to God and speak like Jacob did, I will not let you go until you bless me. I will not let you go until I walk in the practical manifestation of the blessing. They say nobody gets married in your family. They say nobody gives birth to children in your family. Anything human beings have said is impossible will become a practical possibility in your life. Shout a better amen. As long as you are in prayer, nothing shall be able to stop you. Somebody say, I'm unstoppable. Say, I'm unstoppable. Luke chapter 9, verse 29. Luke 9, 29. He said, and he was praying. Then the appearance of his face was what? Transformed. That's what prayer does. Prayer brings transformation. Certain habits, they will go by themselves. Oh, I don't know this why I can't stop this. Listen, there's some controlling force behind it. 
when you stand in the place of prayer and you command those things, they will drop up by themselves. I see demonic habit living your life. He was praying and his face was transformed. Jacob's transformation took place. This was a man all his life. He was a grabber. Jacob was not a giver. He was a grabber. From the womb, he grabbed his brother's heat. Grab his birthright. Grab his uh, blessing. Grab Laban's property. But the moment he encountered God in prayer, he came out of prayer becoming a giver. He was ready to give up everything. In fact, when he met Esau later on, Esau was just telling him, he said, I have enough. You don't need to give me anything. He was literally begging him to give to him, for him to receive. That is transformation, internal transformation. Prayer changes you from within. The more you pray, the softer your heart becomes. Because, you see, prayer is fellowship with God, fellowship with divinity. There are people, they struggle so hard to forgive. I don't know what anybody can do against me that I will have to think twice to forgive him. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I will have to think twice. I don't think that thing, that whatever they can do and I will struggle to forgive, I don't think that thing has been discovered. Are you with me here? Yeah? Your heart is hardened. The flesh gets broken in prayer. On the altar of prayer, all of that is broken. Your will gives way. Why can't people forgive? Because they want to hold on to their will against God's will. God's will is that if your brother out seven times against you and comes to you seven times, forgive him. Why can't you let go? This one is not your brother. This is not a distant. This is your own spouse. You can't let go. I know where the problem is. Your heart. Your heart is still stone. Your heart is hard. But when you come to God, and your will gives way for the will of God. That at that time, you say yes to everything God says. You say yes. I'll say yes, Lord, yes. To your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes. I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me. With my whole heart, I will agree. And my answer will be. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I, I will trust, trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I will agree, and my answer will be yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, from the bottom of my heart to the dead of my soul. Yes, Lord, completely yes, my soul. Say yes. Praise God. Prayer. Jesus stood before God three times in prayer. He said, not my will, but thy will be done. You cannot stay in prayer and come out of prayer choosing your own will. Prayer breaks your will for the will of God to have a way in your life. That's what happened. It changes destiny. I see your destiny changing. Listen, your financial destiny can change you. It can change. It can change. Your marital destiny can change. 
Your academic destiny can change. Through prayer, a lot of things. They have destined to kill Peter before his time. The church stood in the place of prayer. Never again. Peter is not going down like James. And the Bible said they prayed unceasingly. Then, while they were calculating in the palace, an angel had already been released. Tonight, I declare the release of angels. Anything that concerns you, as you raise the altar of prayer, I see angels in your favor. That's what happens. So prayer, there is a destiny changing, destiny shaping power in what? I said destiny what? Changing, destiny shaping power in prayer. Number two, public victories are products of private prayers. Somebody say public victories. Yeah. All of us want to be uh, appear successful and do well. But public victories are product of private prayers. Jacob was left alone. Somebody say Jacob was left alone. Did you see that? Genesis 32, verse 24. Jacob was left alone. Jacob was left alone. And then a man rested with him. He was left alone. He was left alone. As we go on, we'll be showing you how to be alone in prayer. A lot of people don't know how to pray alone. One of the disciplines you must cultivate is the ability to pray alone. Somebody say pray alone. Pray yeah, alone. you have to. And as much as it's great to pray corporately with people, a prayer life is not corporate prayer life. Prayer life is personal prayer life. If you look at Jesus, I looked through the gospel and I didn't see Jesus do a prayer with a lot of people. That's one of the things Jesus didn't do in company. Most of the time he was doing it. In fact, they will, his disciples would be there and he would be praying alone somewhere. And when he finished, one day they watched him and they went to him and said, teach us to pray. Yeah. He wasn't, the, the only time he attempted praying with people, Pastor James, they almost discouraged him. The only time the man was praying personally, they were, oh, oh. Peter would change, John would take over, and James, they were just sinking crosses. The only time, Luke chapter 9, verse 18, and it happened as he was alone praying. Look at that, as he was what? Alone praying, alone praying, alone praying, alone praying. Jesus was alone praying. Matthew 14, 23, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. 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 When you are alone with God, there are things you can say that you can't say when you are in the midst of people. Am I communicating? Yeah. There are intimate things that are only for the bedroom. Am I communicating here? Jesus emphasized the privacy of prayer. In the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 7, he said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrite, for they love to pray. Give me the New Living Translation. He said, they love to pray publicly on streets, corners, and in the synagogues, where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that that is all the reward they will ever get. But you, when you pray, go by where? Go away by what? Yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. A lot of people don't have private prayer lives. That's why. You know why you don't have private prayer life? The results in your public life, they are a manifestation of your private power. Jabez engage God alone. It's good to pray with your husband, but madam wife, get your own prayer life. 
Get your own prayer life. Sometimes the prayer life of spouses is just, they, they, they just go from argument to prayer and from prayer to argument. Number three, boldness in approaching and asking God when you pray is critical in obtaining answers to prayer. Somebody say boldness. Say boldness. And this is where, where, when you get to know who you are in Christ, it becomes very important. Boldness in prayer. Now, under the Old Testament, I realized that some guys were bold. Jambes went to God. He said, bless me indeed. And enlarge my coast. Somebody under the New Testament whose sins have been removed and remitted by the eternal blood of Christ. You cannot boldly ask God. Every time you come to God to ask something, Satan tells you there's something wrong with you. God cannot hear you. What is your locus before God? What makes you think that you deserve what you are asking? No, no, no. That's not it. Praise God. When you come before God, you don't come by yourself. You come through the blood. Somebody say, I come through the blood. Yeah, I come through the blood. It's not what you did a minute ago, a moment ago, a year ago. When you come through the blood and you stand through the blood, you stand in the name of Jesus through the blood. God sees you and he hears you the same way he hears Jesus. Somebody didn't hear that. I said, when you come through the blood, God sees you and hears you exactly the same way he hears and sees Jesus. The Bible says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. You won't see anywhere in scripture where anybody went boldly before God and he was turned down. Anytime people came with boldness, God responded to them. I see God respond to you. Yeah. Number four, prayer can influence people and circumstances positively to your advantage. Somebody say prayer. Prayer, yeah. prayer can influence God and people positively to your advantage. As for me, wherever I go, people don't like me. There is a way to make people like you. Somebody say there's a way. One way is prayer. Nehemiah stood before the king. He said, if I found favor. He was not sure he had found favor, but you were a child of favor. I found favor. Everything he requested. The king, because of his good hand upon me, the king will say yes. The king will say yes. The king. Will. When you come out of prayer, when you place a request, people can't deny it. From today, people will be attending to your request. You will ask for one, they are giving you ten. Shout a better amen. Shout a better amen. amen. This man was so afraid to meet his brother. When he met him, the prayer had changed his disposition. When you go, we spend time and read it. From chapter 3, verse 1 to 15. The prayer had melted his brother's heart. He embraced him. The man he was afraid of embraced him and hugged him. And was ready to go with him anywhere. Anywhere you are rejected before acceptance is coming to you. Divine acceptance is coming to you. Number five, persistence in prayer is highly rewarding. Somebody say persistence in prayer. The man wrestled until the breaking of day. There are some prayers you pray them until. Somebody say until. Say until. Your father is not saved. You pray until he's saved. Am I communicating here? Your brother is in some kind of a life. You pray them out until you pray. You pray. In the book of Isaiah chapter 66, 62 verse 6, he said, I have set watchmen upon thy walls, and you are watchman over your family. Watchman for those who are not saved. O Jerusalem, which shall ne never hold their peace. Day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. Verse 7. He said, Neither give him rest. Until, somebody say until, verse 
give him rest till he establish and till he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Until. You can't say I'm tired. No. Jesus said men ought to always pray and not to always pray and not to Elijah prayed. And when he prayed we, we see James and it looks like it was that simple. It was a long prayer. <laughs> he prayed again and the rains came. When you go to first Kings, it's not like that at all. When he started, the Bible said he put his head be- between his, star, his knees and began to pray. He told his servant, go. He went and came back. Theologians said that was quite a distance. He went and came back seven times. He said, I see nothing. First time, nothing. And he was still praying. I see nothing. I see nothing. Like that. Until he said, I see a little finger like the hand of a man. He said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Some of us, just when we are getting close to the moment, we just start, I'm tired. I'm tired. Who are you giving up on? Persistence in prayer. Jesus persisted in prayer. He went the first hour, came the second hour, came the third hour. The Bible says, I thank God. This is Apostle Paul speaking. Second Timothy 1.3. I thank God whom I serve for my fathers, with forefathers with pure conscience. Now without ceasing. Somebody say without ceasing. Without ceasing, that's persistence in prayer. Second Timothy 1 3. Without ceasing, without ceasing, I have remembrance of thee in my prayers. What? I have remembrance of thee in my prayers. What? Night and day, without ceasing. Without ceasing. Without ceasing. Without ceasing. Number six. My time is up, but just give me a few minutes. I'll be done. I have just two more to share with you and then we are done. Not every prayer can be prayed gently. You will see this. Not every prayer. Somebody say not every prayer. Yeah. There are postures in prayer. Postures. Some of us, when we are praying, we are always like this. Father, we thank you. No, no, listen. Get serious. Oh. Get serious. When a lion comes after you, there's a way you will run. <laughs> are you with me here? Are you with me here? Yeah. The Bible says, praying always with all kinds of prayer. So you have to learn how to pray all kinds of prayer. This kind of prayer that every time your voice is so low, never, this in one temple. <laughs> no, 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 no. You have not caught fire yet. When fire enters you, the time your voice will change, nobody will even know. Your gentility and your lady will just vanish by themselves. Have you met a woman at the labor world before? There's no lady who is a lady at the labor world. They are ladies until they enter the labor world. Paul said, my dear children, of whom I travel in birth until Christ. I travel. Galatians chapter 4 verse 9. I travel. There's a certain temple you get in prayer. Nobody tells you. Even if you want to be quiet, you can be quiet. It looks like you have just lost it. All sense of decency have just left you. If you have not entered that one, you are not yet like Jesus. Because the Bible said he prayed with strong cries. Look at that. It's in Hebrews. Looking at me as if I'm quoting the Quran. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7 is there. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7. He said, who in the days of his flesh? Somebody say the days of his flesh. Are you in your days of the flesh? You are in your body. 
who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong cries and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Jesus. Jesus cried. That's why you're not crying. <laughs> I suspect you. <laughs> Luke chapter 22 verse 44. He said, and being in agony, being in agony, somebody say agony. Luke 22 44, and being in agony, he prayed more what? More what? And his sweat was like what? You dear, no sweat has ever come out of your body before. <laughs> Listen, we are going to pray some prayers in this church. Well, I like the only mommy saying yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a project we have started. Very soon the whole church will go there. The Bible says he prayed and until his sweat was like blood. Have you seen that before? Sweat was like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's prayer. Epiphras labored fervently night and day. God is more than able to grant whatever your petitions, whatever petitions you present to him in prayer. That's number seven. God is more than. Somebody say God is more than. Don't come to God with crumbs mentality. Grasshopper mentality. When you are asking in prayer, ask with boldness and ask for great things. There are some great things you need to learn to do. Maybe one day I will teach about great things you must learn to do. One, you must learn to think great thoughts. Somebody say great thoughts. Yeah, think great thoughts. Dream great dreams. And pray great prayers. Somebody say pray great prayers. Attempt great things. Think great dreams. Think great thoughts. And pray great prayers. No small, small thing. Give me food convenient for me and my house. Selfish man. Bless me indeed. Allot my course. Make me a blessing. That, that's a nice prayer. Not uh, give me food convenient for me. So that I will not steal. You are thinking of stealing. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. He said, And God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask. Jacob said, Until you bless me, you are not going. Was he blessed or not? Was he blessed or not? Was he blessed or not? Jabez asked. He said, Bless me indeed. I love my cause. And God said, you are greedy. I'm not going to money. Is that what God said? The Bible said, and the Lord granted him that which he requested. Listen, if you were there to say it and speak, the Bible said, open your mouth wide and I will feel it. And I pray that the faith to ask for great things, the boldness to ask for great things, may that boldness come alive in you. In the mighty name of Jesus. You have to understand that your father is more than willing, your father is more than able, and your father has all that you need in order to release it unto you. Open your mouth and begin to thank him. Pastor Afroqua has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afwapa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. 
Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services at our headquarters church, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, 8.30 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. for our second service, and 10.15 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for our third service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Locate us on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santati Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on our YouTube and Facebook pages, Embassy of Life Chapel. God richly bless you. Never, never be the same.